Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author, Dinah Hodgson, with her new book, Up From the Ashes. Originally trained as a nurse, Dinah was called later into full-time ministry in early 2000. Over the years spanning most of her adult life, Dinah has served in a myriad of leadership roles within the local church as well as parachurch ministries. Speaker, ministry leader, and now author, Dinah Hodgson attended Grand Canyon University's Christian Leadership Program and later became an ordained pastor through Messenger Fellowship. Most recently, she graduated from Primus University of Theology with a master's in ministry, concentrated in Christian leadership and counseling. Currently, she is working on her doctorate in Christian counseling. Dinah has spoken nationally and internationally, sharing the truth of redemption, sanctification, and healing. Dinah and John, her husband of 43 years, reside in Moreland Hills, Ohio, and have traveled the world for ministry and pleasure. They have three children, two daughters in love, and five cherished grandchildren. So let's roll that tape. Well, Dinah Hodgson, it is so great to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to All Things. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here and share this time with you. Amen. Well, I would, before we dig in to your new book, your first book, (laughs) which is super exciting, um, I would like to just give our listeners an opportunity to hear how God has taken hard struggles or pain. (laughs) And (laughs) even when you couldn't possibly imagine how he could bring good um, how he has shown his Romans eight twenty eight character mm-hmm. in your life. So let's start there, okay. and then we'll we'll dig in after that. There's so many Athena, but one that comes to mind is a period of time where my husband and I had relocated uh, from Arizona, 
and we had had some heartaches there, but, um, and he got a new job after three years of searching, which is very challenging. Uh, and so we were, he was in this job and the Lord had really told us that instead of working in the church, we were going to really be ministering in the marketplace. And so I threw all of my energy into the, uh, the people around me, which were a lot of the wives of other uh, physicians that my husband worked with and ran a repeat boutique, uh, which was an, kind of an upscale resale shop. Right. monies for the hospital auxiliary. And uh, we were very close with people. And all of a sudden, one day, they basically told my husband that he was done in the position that he was in. With no warning, people stopped talking to us. And it was one of the most traumatic times uh, that my husband and I experienced one of those times when all you can do, you can't even pray. You just are calling out to the Lord, listening to worship music. Um, and so my husband, although he still had his title, basically did his work, but not in the way that he had been hired for, faithfully serving and I continued to serve where I was. And within a year, uh, he had a severance package and we left. And we left not knowing for the first time in our married life of about 35 plus years where we were going or what we were doing. Wow. And so we had adult children at that time, and they were all doing their thing. And so we had been connected with a ministry in Florida. And so we had seen them a couple months before he ended his job and just said, hey, we're going to have some time. Um, so we moved down to Florida and moved about three times in Florida in the next three months. But um, we're still, no, this is not it, that we did not know. We were so devastated, we couldn't even tell what the Lord wanted us to do. Uh. And so we ended up being in the airplane all the time, helping mothers who were ailing, visiting our children, doing ministry. And we finally decided this is not for us. Um, we need to be closer to those we love, not be in the airplane all the time. We had this dream in our hearts of having a compound. The Lord had put it there and we had no idea how that was gonna happen. And so we arrived, we decided that we would go back to Cleveland where we'd spent 15 years raising kids and we had two children here. So we went back and decided we had more relationship capital here. So we just, went, didn't know what we were doing, didn't know if that's where God wanted us to be or not. And so within that year, we had moved seven times, Wow, which was exhausting and mm. devastating. Mm -hmm. Within a year of moving, this property uh, came 
up on the market or had been on the market, but we hadn't found it. And long story short, we got it 19 acres at a fraction of the cost, which was just all God. Mm. And then over the past five to eight years, God has started creating this vision through us. And the hope was to really help and restore people and um, use the property for restoration for people. Mm. And so here it is, our children live on the property, which we never would have guessed, um, and are doing their own lives and ministry. A long time prayer was to have a close relationship with grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And there's three of them that are here, which is an answer to prayer. I never knew how that would happen. Uh, but God was faithful because none of our mothers or family was close to us when our kids were growing up. And then, uh, you know, how are we going to fulfill this vision? So it happened about a year and a half ago that our neighbors could not be in their house. And so we opened up our home to them and they have been living with us for a year and a half almost for until their house is restored. And so it just talk about full circle. We're back oh. in Cleveland and God has done the miraculous. And, um, you know, I was dragging my feet when he, we finally got approval to, to build because we had, uh, just refurbished two houses, little houses on the property. I was content. I'm like, no, sorry, I'm fine. And the <laughs> Lord just can't, you know, in one prayer time said, you're going to have, John's going to come, that's my husband, tomorrow. And he's going to ask you whether we should start the project because the window is closing for various reasons. So I want you to say yes. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so the next day, sure enough, John came to me and said, the window's closing. Are we going to go with the vision or not? And I said, the Lord said yes. So I don't know how we're going to raise the funds, but here we go. And so here we are eight years later. And wow. it's not totally complete. But, you know, if what happened to my husband with that job had not mm. happened, we would have been there and right. we would have built there, not with the same plan. And actually that job was about killing him. Mm. And so, um, you know, I'm just so grateful to the Lord for what he did. And who would guess that out of that kind of shocking, you know, devastation where you don't even, you're completely disoriented because you don't even understand why right. God is letting this happen. And then to, to look back now and see what he did to bring so much good out of it. Yes. Wow. It's amazing. And it, I, it's beyond fathoming. Yeah. To you me. can't make that stuff up, no, right? You can't. <laughs> the way he makes dreams happen. It's just dreams yeah. you don't even know are in your heart. He yeah. makes happen. Wow. It's awesome. Whoo, it is. All right. So we're going to start talking about Up From the Ashes. 
And let me start with this. Is it possible to fully recover from childhood abuse? I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And I believe the word of God tells us it is because Jesus died on the cross, not just for our eternal salvation, but for the salvation of our, our souls mm -hmm. and that he took everything. When it says he took everything on him on the cross, it means everything. So I believe that as we accept that and walk through the process, he will heal us. Is it a one-time deal? No, it can take years and years and until we die, you know? But I believe it is possible for Amen. that to happen. And I think one of the critical pieces of that, besides saying taking the blood and what Jesus accepting what he did on the cross, is having a yes in your spirit because I've known way too many people who, when the Lord shows up, you know, and really convicts them to start looking at things that they won't go there. And so um, you really need to say yes to the Lord and then mm. he's able to do the impossible. Mm. That's so good because unfortunately, you know, so many of us come into our Christian life with all sorts of abuse and trauma and stuff that we have just shoved down. Mm -hmm. And But then you get around Christians and they're like, well, you're a new creation and don't look back and all, all the, because they don't want you to look back because then maybe they're going to have to look back. So yeah. let's just all act like we're good. And, you know, if it's festering and it's not healed, that's not helpful. It's still affecting us today. And so that's such, such a good word that he wants, he paid for it, but mm -hmm. it is a process. It's hard work. And we have to be, we have to ask him for the courage yes. to take those steps and yeah. allow him in. It's not an easy journey. And I agree with you. I can't tell you, Athena, how many times People in the church have said to me and quoted the scripture about forgiving and forget what is past. And, you know, I finally looked up that word forget, and it actually gives the impression of you bring it from behind and you bring it in and look at it so you can put it aside. So, uh, yeah, they don't pull that on me anymore. <laughs> yeah, boy, it's so, this is such an important message. So have you found unexpected benefits to recalling and facing difficult experiences from your past? Yes. Uh, you know, I would say that coming into freedom and living a life unencumbered by all those issues. You know, I think of my life when I was a young adult, a young mother, and I am not happy with all of who I was. Mm. And so over the years, you know, of really intensive work, the Lord has changed me more into who he originally designed me to be. Mm. So I think I'm the biggest fan and proponent or cheerleader of people uh, really looking into 
and facing what they went through. Amen. Amen. And because if they don't, they will forever be controlled by it mm -hmm. and won't even know why they're reacting the way they react. It's so true. Mm -hmm. So through the process of writing this book, did you recall details of your abusive childhood that maybe you'd previously forgotten? I didn't specifically. And I have to say, I don't remember everything uh, that I went through. Uh, and there's various reasons why that can happen. Uh, but I was extremely young, you know, toddlerish. So I probably didn't even have the verbal skills to be able to communicate um, and just blocked it out. And so I didn't remember anything more specifically, but I think as I was writing it, I can remember pausing as I was writing it and just the tears streaming down my face. So just sometimes taking it deeper than what I had had gone before, or maybe just feeling it again. I think I will always feel bad that what I experienced or what another person experienced happened to them. So I'll never be glad for it. But in the sense of Romans 8.28, you look at where you were and what God does, and you're grateful. Mm. Amen. And, you know, going through that forgiveness process, going through processing that pain and actually allowing God in to heal that, it's not like the memory leaves you, mm -hmm. but the poison is gone. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I would say that. So how important is forgiveness in the process of healing from past abuse? I would say it's imperative. It's critical. You cannot go forward without forgiveness. And I mean, one point is it's scriptural. Yeah. God requires it. And if right. God can do it in forgiving us, mm. then he's not asking us to do anything he didn't do in you know, so it's imperative. Otherwise, I feel like it's a big ball and chain wrapped around your leg. Sometimes you don't even know it's there. And you're going through life and things are just so difficult. Um, but I will say, Athena, that, you know, that scripture about forgive, you know, it's a process. Yeah. And I will say that depending on the depth of what somebody did, it's easier or more difficult. Right. And so if you said something mean to me, I could easily forgive that if you said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. Um, but if somebody really traumatized you, it sometimes takes years. And I think honestly, for the one of my abusers, it took me decades. Now, I willed to do it. I wanted to forgive, but there was a resistance inside that I couldn't deny. And so my prayer became, Lord, help me to be willing. Yeah. Help me to do this because mm. in and of myself, I can't forgive. 
Right. And so often we feel like, well, if I'm forgiving them, um, I'm now I have to be in relationship with them or I have to trust them. And forgiveness is not that forgiveness is we have to do that, whether we want to or not. Right. Trust. You have to earn the trust. Exactly. We would be uh, really amiss if the person is living and they have not changed right. to go back in relationship with them. Yep. Um, and the other thing is the abuser that I had the most difficult with was dead. And the part of me that is so justice oriented, I, in some place in me, thought that forgiving meant that person got off the hook. And that is not what forgiveness is either. It's simply, I love how my pastor put it, it's simply getting off the judge's bench. Ooh. God be the judge. Nice. for them. And you are just releasing them into the hands of God. And so that really helped me with him to mm. know, you, you know, this is not my thing. And actually, it gave me mercy because I knew the hand of God against somebody who hurts. The scripture talks about that, oh. you know, about somebody who hurts children. And so my heart became merciful to him, actually. Mm. Well, you know, th just thinking about the whole forgiveness process and how easy it is when we don't allow God into those places to heal us, to hang on to that unforgiveness, which means we're going to bed angry mm -hmm. every night. When we have unforgiveness, we're going to bed angry. And what does that do? It like mm -hmm. gives the enemy a foothold. It sure does. So of course, that's what the enemy wants for us to do is stay in unforgiveness. Right. Wow. And, you know, I think often of our hearts and the Lordship of Christ. And when we come into salvation, he comes in to take the territory of our hearts. But because of all these experiences we've had, there's still parts of our heart that are under the control of the enemy. So we have to align ourselves and allow Jesus to take the full control and take territory back. Mm, that's so good. Amen. So what makes your book unique among other books about recovery from childhood trauma? Well, I am such a fan of redemption stories. Mm -hmm. um, I just read B.J. Garrett's yep. Red wow. Circle, and I love the stories. And so I don't think we can get enough of them. Um, I look at the culture, and there are so many wounded and hurt people um, that I think they're all, they all have something to give to readers. What I tried to do in mine as well is to, I love to teach. Uh, and so when I thought of just doing like a biography for me, it didn't fit. But when I thought of using it as a teaching tool of the things that I'd gleaned over the years, that fit for me. Mm. So I brought a lot of the things that I teach others 
and included them in my book so that um, someone could pick up my book and start from the beginning. And there's so many of the things that we've talked about, forgiveness um, and different ways that the enemy captivates us uh, and um, how that all looks. And then how do we get free? So it really is kind of a blueprint as well to recovering your destiny. That was so good. So, okay, we're going to wrap up our time together with this last question that I have for you, because I think it's, um, it's important to understand the courage that we have to have when we tell these kinds of stories. Mm -hmm. So was it difficult? Was it a difficult decision to open up about your life in such a personal way? You know, it's funny because it takes me back. Um, I became a women's ministry coordinator years ago, and it took me about a month of saying, I wanted to say something to the women. There's about 500 people in our church. And it took me about a month going back and forth. Okay, I'll, I'll announce it this week and tell my vision this week. And I was so scared that I still you know, no, I can't do it. So it took me about a month to finally do it. Um, but throughout my journey, because hypocrisy was such a painful thing for me, uh, I determined I am not going to be a hypocrite. And that's what actually sent me into healing to begin with, because I said to the Lord, look, I am not you know, I don't have the abundant life that I read about in scripture. And so I'm not being a hypocrite. So it's either real or it's not. And it sent me on a journey. Nice. So from then on and taking off the face mask mm. that I had had and lived with under performance, mm -hmm. um, I just determined I am not putting that face mask back on. Uh, and anytime I see that it's slipping up, yank it back down. But um, in that, I just felt like I, things weren't being said in the Christian community back then. And so I really wanted to be a change agent. And mm. nobody understood what I was talking about. Yet everybody had these things going on in their life, but weren't admitting it. And so I just decided, Lord, you know, my life is an open book for you to use in any way you want. Mm. So from then on, I mean, there were spits and backwards a little bit of like, oh, now I'm talking to 30 people or, you know, oh, now I have to preach and I don't know how to preach in front of people. And, you know, it's 200 people. Uh, so then I'd get all nervous about it again. And so when I wrote the book, at first, it wasn't a problem. You know, it's just like, okay, um, this is what we're doing. I know God has called me to it. And so, okay, and I'm just going to be open like I always am. And it wasn't until I gave the book, unfinished book, to my pastor to write the foreword, and he gave it to his wife to read. She read it, hugged me and said, you are so courageous. 
And I just thought, what? What are you talking about? I don't really know what you mean. But it was then. And then the closer it got to publication, I was like, oh, wait. Like, this is going out to the world. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) Then for a hot second, I was like, oh, I don't know, Lord. And, you know, then I just, you know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is your book, your words, your timing. So have at it. I love that. That that abandonment to, okay, Lord, your will, not mine. I'll go with it. I love that. Well, if we have some people listening today who would like to connect with you on social media, what is, what's the best way for them to do that? Where are you most active? And uh, I am on Facebook under my name, Dinah Hodgson, or email, which I am getting a new one, which will be Dinah at DinahLeeHodgson.com. But if they want to get a hold of me sooner, it's DinahHodgson at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, it has just been delightful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us and to share your story. And um, if this is one of those books you'll want to buy multiple copies of um, and give away to those that you run into where, you know, if we meet someone, we don't know their pain. We, we haven't been through what they've been through, but we want to encourage them. This is one of those books that will really be a great gift idea or just handing it to someone saying, I think this will, will be an encouragement to you. So I want to encourage those of you listening today to grab some copies of Dinah's new book and Dinah, just God bless your ministry. Thank you so much, Athena. It's been a privilege to be here, and I am so looking forward to uh, hearing from people and getting to know others. So thank you so much. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.